Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We have another great edition of Bald, Bold, and Gold. Of course, it was a quiet bye week for the Irish, but we were not resting. Uh, we have our usual recap of all the games that happened around the country. We preview the USC game. In addition to that, we bring on a special guest. He goes by DJ Steez, but you might know him as Danny Felton. We talk about his experiences with Notre Dame football, have a little back-and-forth Q&A. It's a great interview, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, and finally, we look ahead and give some picks going forward for you know not only the Irish, but the rest of college football. So hope you guys enjoy. It's a great episode. not having to stress about Notre Dame, but it's something's just missing from your Saturday. I kind of like it. I mean, I know they're not for us as a fan, but uh, I needed a week off, like not from football, but I needed a week off from Notre Dame football. Like it's stress-free. Yeah. I think for I, I kind of liked it. For me, I, I don't mind. I don't mind having the bye week. I just wish it would have came – not for our own sake, but for the sake of what else was on. If I wish it would have came a week earlier because I feel like our VT game was buried in one of the best weeks of college football of all time. And mm. instead we got what turned out to be a fun day, just not as good of a slate, um, which is okay. Uh, I guess if you if you stayed around till the end of the night, uh, you got a nice little treat uh, if you were able to <laughs> hang around for Knoxville. And the Pac-12 after dark game was good. But uh, I just – I like bye weeks – I'm glad we don't have too many of them because honestly, I woke up Sunday morning just really giddy to get Notre Dame back into my life for the week. I mean, so we'll go with like if the number two team was anybody other than Iowa, you'd be like, oh, that was a fun week. But like, yeah, I was going to lose somewhere down the road. So it was almost expected. Yeah, yeah, which is weird. I mean, some of us at the kicker like did expect it a little bit, but. Usually the number two team going down to a three and two team, especially it being Purdue, would send us into a frenzy. Um, but that was also mixed in there, more so because it wasn't ever in doubt. Purdue kind of dominated no. that. Yeah, they they scored first. They they scored first. They did a good job keeping the lead. Uh, they protected the football, and I don't know what it is, but David Bell. I think they were talking about his oh. stats in the cover three it, against against Iowa in, in particular. His stats against Iowa are just like. Unreal, especially at Iowa. He is like one of the best receivers against Iowa of all time, uh, which is which is good. And he, and he showed that again. He had a big day, over 200 yards. Um, again, they took care of the football. They kept they kept Iowa off balance in ways that we keep teams off balance, and that they used all three of their quarterbacks. Um, and that was it was not a tight game, but it was it was fun to watch nonetheless. Especially when the kicker convinced me that that Purdue is the right side there. So cheers to him. So finally, a win for Notre Dame's schedule. We were yes. off, but we actually like when you're in a bye week, your schedule has a chance to do some work, and I guess kind of it did some work. Vatek got rolled by Pitt. Yeah, that's. Um, but I mean, like, 
I guess that's a win for our schedule. We a win that we needed. Did North Carolina win? Uh, did they? I think they did. Let me see. Yeah, because I know they have a they have a bye before us, just like every other team on our schedule. I think so. I thought they were going to roll. They did win, but it was tight. They won 45-42. Oh, yeah, yeah, Miami. And Miami was down. Miami was down and out. Like, yeah. I think Manny Diaz's days are numbered there, but uh, at, at least they won. Yeah. They won. <laughs> and them having a bye is more so not giving them another chance to lose, I think. Before us. <laughs> I think that's pretty fair. Uh, I thought, Ian, you had your lock was, was – should have been my lock. was an unbelievable Finally. pick. Uh, Al- Alabama get right week. Uh, I love teams that have get right weeks, and Alabama had the get right week and all get right weeks, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, that one was yeah. uh, that one was finally like that was what I expected against A and M, and like I don't even think A and M is that much better than Mississippi State. I think Bama just was Bama. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that team is flawed, but they rolled. They rolled again, and then hey, we are. Uh, I think we can be. We can say we're done with the Spencer Rattler experiment in Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I put him in the same category as Tate Martell, as people I don't like. Um, my list, is, my my list isn't long, but they are both squarely on it. Uh, he's kind of an asshole. Uh, they both are, and I was pretty pumped to see Caleb Williams do so well, especially because the team seemed to respond really well to him. So, a couple other things I want to touch on. I want to like rattle off some teams to you guys and get your instant reactions of them. Because okay. they had some close games, and I think some close games and some wins. All these teams won, and they matter going forward. So Oregon on Friday, 24-17 against Cal. I think they went out, honestly. Yeah, I'd say, con- I mean, like, they- I'd say contender because I think they're going to they're gonna win the Pac-12 North uh, and Stanford. Stanford's better than we thought, but they're not. I, don't I think, think it's another one of those teams where – like they might lose late on a Saturday night, like, oh, Oregon lost. And you, I don't think I'd be that surprised the next day. They, I don't That's know true. if they will, but I don't think I'd be surprised if they slipped up somewhere because I don't think yeah. they're good enough to like blow anybody out. I, I think they, they're a contender to like finish the season 11-1. and one. I don't think yeah. they're up there with the top teams in the country. No, yeah, I should rephrase that. Oh, I, do, I do not think they are quite Georgia-Alabama level uh, at all or Oklahoma level. I really think that they are – I think they have a pretty good shot at winning the Pac-12, but uh, outside of that, that's probably that's probably their ceiling. It's probably a Rose Bowl. I mean, Michigan, is it time? Go oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead I was going to say, is it time? You know, you rattled off Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma. Is it time we start including Cincy? I mean, they throttled UCF. Yeah, that was that was one of my next. That was my next one that I was going to throw at you guys because I mean they took care of business. Yeah, you know what? Like, I think there's some decent teams in in their conference, right? I, I made the point now for three consecutive weeks that they're going to have to beat somebody twice, but they are throttling teams. And yes, this is, this is a uh, UCF that was without uh, Dylan Gabriel, which is, it was, and this team has been bad since they, since they've lost Dylan Gabriel, but I mean, they are, they're doing, they're doing what great teams do and they are steamrolling the teams they're supposed, they're supposed to beat. Uh, I think the the most interesting game left on their schedule is is the SMU game, and they get SMU at home. I don't know how much how much of a challenge they're going to bring. They're they're pretty consistent all the way around. I think I think they're a pretty good football team. Yeah, um, they're again. I guess that's kind of a win for our schedule. I don't even know how. Like, I guess we want them to keep rolling, right? 
Not that it really yeah, matters then that much. I hope, but... they, I hope they keep rolling. Uh, if they have one loss, sake. they'll still get in over us. So, mm-hmm. you know. All right. It sucks. Next up, in Bloomington, Michigan State stays undefeated, and they squeaked by Indiana. I mean, like, they won. They won by five, but that went back and forth in the fourth quarter. I don't have them as serious of contenders to win the pack to win the Big they, Ten. They still have the whole meat of their schedule in front of them, right? Yeah. Right, and all, and all and all four of those teams do. And I, I'm sure you, mm-hmm. I'm sure you and the Michigans coming up on your list, but like yeah. all four of those teams have to play each other. I still think that Ohio State is the best one, as much as I don't want to admit it. I really wish it was Penn State or it was Michigan, or it was Michigan State, but there's a good chance that between Penn State, Michigan State, and and Michigan, those all, those teams all go one and one against each other, and then Ohio State sweeps. Like you know, and and Ohio State's still the Big East, uh, the Big uh, the Big Ten East champion. So I uh, I like them. I like Mel Tucker. I think Kenneth Walker is really good, but uh, I don't know how seriously I can take them until we get some more data points in the next two or three weeks. Yeah, with Michigan State, I'd say they're more fun than like any other Michigan State team we've watched in the past. So like, you think of Michigan they State, they're like the grounded out, you know, win seventeen to fourteen. This team, I mean, they're explosive on offense at least. And you know, while they, I, I don't think I agree with you guys. I just don't think they have the dudes top to bottom on their roster to compete with. You know, those other. I think they can compete with Michigan. I don't know if they have the dudes top to bottom to compete with Penn State or you know, on Ohio State. But Mel Tucker, like, it's at least fun back there. I mean, their fans had a couple of really dark years, so yeah, it's good yeah. to see them back. I think I think Mel Tucker will come up later in the pod. Um, I think so too. Uh, all right, so I got a couple more teams here that I want Let's to touch here. on. I'm gonna start at the back end of the top 25, and we'll get to this later. I'm gonna skip a couple of teams that I think they'll come in later in the podcast, but Auburn. Do not. I mean, I know they have two losses. Can I look ahead to the Iron Bowl? Can they? Can they do something and make some noise in the SEC? Auburn's the best two two loss team in the country. I think. Okay. Interesting. Um, and I think Bo Bo Nix. He he'll kill me on this in the next week or two. Just mm-hmm. give it. Just wait for it to happen. But Bo Nix is playing the best football he's played in quite some time. I don't know what's wrong with this Arkansas team. I think. Uh, I think they got off to a hotter start than people thought they would, and then they've certainly cooled off. Uh, but I have – I really like this Auburn team a lot. The defense is playing well, and Brian Harson's doing a pretty good job in his first year there. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I think they're solid. I think they're still, you know, not in that top – I think the SEC is the top two, then everyone else is kind of jumbled together. Um, they're flawed, but if you're asking the question, can they compete in the Iron Bowl? I think that's absolutely yes. Alabama is not unreal by any means this year. We saw what happened against you know A and M, and we've seen in the Iron Bowl countless times how anything can happen in that game unless one team is absolute garbage. Auburn's not absolute garbage. They can definitely you know score points against anyone except for Georgia, and then pretty solid defense. Yeah. So yeah. Katie. I would not want to hitch my wagon to Bo Nix. Uh, but week by week, he kind of keeps proving me wrong. And uh, he's kind of been the missing link in that team. And what, is he a junior now? He's still a sophomore. Sophomore? I mean, like, he's still young. Like, he could just be keep, like, getting better and better. And if he keeps improving, like – He's a junior. And he's a 
but sophomore probably eligibility with the whole. Yeah, yeah. I more so only care about Auburn to to think like if they can make Saturday after Thanksgiving exciting, and see I think if they, they can do. I mean, I, if that Iron Bowl is fun and Bo Nix can do Bo Nix things against Bama, I don't know. That's the only reason I care if Auburn's good because like they'll maybe they'll make a New Year's Six bowl if they go if they, you know handle their schedule from this point out, but uh, they're not really relevant in the, in the grand scheme of things, unless they can take down Alabama in the end of the season, I think. Hey, quick question. Where is the Iron Bowl this year? I, isn't it at Auburn? Yeah, it's a Jordan Hare. So, yeah. yeah. That's added, added to and it. I, again, I don't know if they're going to win the football game, but Tank Bigsby's run the ball well. Defense is playing well. Uh, this team's a lot better than I thought they were going to be, and I really I agree with you, Ian. I think they have a chance, and I hope they do. Make the day after they make that Saturday after Thanksgiving a fun one. Okay, so I believe this stat is true in that Nick Saban has never beaten a ranked Auburn team at Georgia, at uh, Jordan Hare. Has he not? A ranked Auburn team at Jordan Hare. I do not believe he has. Yeah, I think I mean, there's a pretty that, good chance they go in ranked. It's probably a small sample size, though. I mean, like, yeah, it's still two or three games where yeah. probably a couple times that's their only loss or a loss, you know, thinking that kick six that like, knocks them out of championship contention. It's like Cam Newton, number one Auburn, or <laughs> or like yeah. Gus Malzahn, like four and nine Auburn. Kick six. Very rarely do you find something in between. Probably mm-hmm. the team with Nick Marshall as well that made a national title yeah. game run. Jen, famous Sheamus. Okay, a couple more. I got two more for you. Slev and I, we've touched on this a little bit. Dado, I want to hear from you first. Okay. Oklahoma State. See, I like watching the first half of the Texas game. I was like, this team's trash. Yeah. Like, undefeated Oklahoma State. Run. We got to add undefeated number yeah. eight in the country, Oklahoma State. I thought Texas was going to like steamroll them. Then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like Texas is driving, bang, pick six, game gets flipped on its head. And Spencer Sanders, Saunders, like, does it, is it pronounced Saunders, even though there's no Sanders. U? Sanders. Sanders. Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, even then, I don't know. They were impressive. I mean, is it partly that Texas cannot hold on to a lead in anything? Yes. But I mean, you know, what are they, six, seven and oh now? Mm-hmm. And the Big 12 is, you know, there's a very good chance, I think. I know they have Iowa State, who is the team I hate the most in the country, probably. Maybe that's not true, but I think they're frauds. They have them this week as seven-point dogs. I think they're better than yeah. that. Yeah, that's wow. Yeah. Ian, they... Ian, Ian, I asked you about that. I mean, as soon as I saw it, I texted Ian. And I was like, help help me in my small brain figure out what's going on here with this line because yeah. I, I don't have an answer for you on it. Like, Worst-case scenario, like Iowa State is a small, small bit – better version of Oklahoma State. And I don't even agree with that. I don't even agree. I think Oklahoma State's a little bit better, but it's not like they're contrasting styles, really. It's a strong defense and a slow-paced offense. So I don't see it getting that out of hand. Uh, We don't do lines, but I think we could all agree that we'll probably be on the the hoax, right? The pokes? Yeah. Pokes, pokes, Uh, yeah. I think I'd I'd be be on the pokes. Uh, my My thing with Oklahoma State is this Texas team is inconsistent and Casey Thompson did a pretty good job of giving of handing that game back to uh, Oklahoma state. I, Spencer Sanders, I think has actually regressed like every year he's there. I feel like he's a little bit worse version of the year prior. Uh, the defense is elite. And like, I'm, I'm a little fearful for them that they are the big 12 Iowa 
mm-hmm. you know, like, and if they're going to, they're going to, they're going to catch, they're going to, I think they'll probably win this week, but they have to see, like, they have to see Baylor. Like that could be a tough one, right? Like, like Baylor, I think is a, is a pretty tricky spot. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess we'll see. I, I don't know. Hey, you know, if they, if, and they got to play Oklahoma, you keep winning football games, you control your own destiny. Like you win the big, you win the big 12, you're going to be, you're going to be dancing. So I hope they do. It'll be fun, but I just am still a little skeptical. Again, I, I, as long as Bedlam's a fun one, like I just hope yeah. Bedlam's a good game, which it could be if they keep winning. And then last one, which will probably take us through to the end of the, uh, I guess we'll say like Florida's dead, right? I'll just ask you guys real quick. Florida's dead? Dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. If you're Florida, it's tough to not like check out the rest of the season, I feel like a little bit. Um, yeah. And just, just look ahead to next season. We will head to. One loss, Ole Miss, who gets out of Neyland Stadium, barely, physically barely gets out. Lane Kiffin almost dies when he's in there. Um, that was a crazy game. Tennessee is always better than I think. I don't know why Joe Milton ever played a snap for them. Hendon Hooker is a baller, and Joe Milton is atrocious and just makes mistake after mistake. But Hendon Hooker actually makes them relevant. I think that's still a good win for Ole Miss. They only have one loss. Are they in play to win the SEC? I mean, they won't have the tiebreaker over Alabama, which is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. And that's even if Bama gets one loss. So I think Bama's going to have to lose twice, right, for them to make it to the yeah, SEC I mean, title. They lost the head-to-head. That, that's, that's, where I, that's the hard part for me is I don't see Bama losing twice. I think they might be the third-best team in the SEC. But, yeah. you know, it's going to be hard to actually make a run at the title game when you've lost to the other best team in your division already. It's October. I agree with D. Uh, I think it's just you're not – I don't think they're winning the SEC because I don't think they can – I don't think they can beat Georgia, honestly. Uh, I think – and you're going to need a second loss from Alabama, which I just don't know if I foresee happening. Uh, I think – but I agree – but by the same token, I do agree with D and that I think they are the third best team. The def- Their defense played a lot better this week. Um, corral problem is that they use they ran corral into the ground. He may not play this week. Like he has yeah. thirty carries. Yeah, he had thirty uh, carries. So uh, you know, like you, you do what you can to win the game. But uh, you know, again, I, I like them a lot. I just, I just don't. I don't. I, I'm finding I'm struggling to find the path for them to get into into the SEC title game. Uh, with that said, Ian, I could not agree with you more. I just don't understand why Joe Milton was ever the starting quarterback in Tennessee. Uh, I mean. Yeah, I don't know if you listen to the to the cover three like instant reaction pod that they do on Saturday night. When did you hear off. them? Did you hear them live react? To yeah, I mean, Fornelli, who doesn't really rag on people at all, yeah. was about to absolutely go in and then just go, sighs and goes, "He's a kid." Yeah, yeah he's <laughs> a kid. He's, he defaulted to that. Um, I just decision making is is awful, but. Uh, yeah. Do uh, you want to stay in the SEC? I, I have a. I have. I think we should talk about something in the SEC. Yeah. Can we just talk about what happened though in Ole Miss, Tennessee? Like, oh yeah. Do you think? Do you think the mustard bottle was brought into the stadium or stolen from a concession stand? Oh, well, the thing is, it was a bottle. It's not like you think of mustard at a football game. It's in those big things where you press on the handle and pour it yeah. on your dog. I mean, it was just like a handheld bottle. I think someone brought it in. Like, that's what I'm saying. People brought in objects <laughs> to 
with intent to throw. It's like us with marshmallows on senior day. But I just yeah. a golf I ball is this, different than a marshmallow. I have this interesting like I don't wouldn't want to be carrying those things into the stadium with me. I think these are things that like people put in their back pockets at tailgates, like it was some dad okay. like carrying mustard. But you know, or putting on his dog and needed somewhere to put it and put it in his back pocket and then found it and let it rip. Same with the golf. Like I would like to believe that somebody was playing eighteen in the morning and just never lost the uh, and never lost and never got rid of the balls. But I can't believe how much stuff they had to throw that wasn't beer. Yeah, no, they had miscellaneous for sure. That was wild. I was hand up. I was at my high school reunion, but I was just getting phone blow up, blown up by just like, oh my god. They evacuated the cheerleaders. Yeah. I mean, that's just what you love to see. It just means more. I mean, that was that's just an emotionally more. charged game, especially at the end. Like, Kiffin has a smug look leaving the stadium, as he should, honestly. Oh, he loved it. He loved it. Oh, he loved every, he loved every second of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, Slav, right. what, what SEC you want to chat? Other SEC stuff I want to chat. Uh, there's now – there's going to be a vacancy in – uh, Baton Rouge. Uh, interesting, interesting timing of it all. Given they just they had just beat their their biggest rival, Florida, on what was a pretty exciting game. But from all reports, I mean, it just sounds like the LSU Tigers were just quitting on Ed Orgeron, and that he was starting to lose focus of what he needed to be focused on as well. <laughs> yeah, he, he took so, his eye off the ball. Yeah, I, I have to say the athletic the athletic piece was was something like they, I thought it was well written. But it seemed like this was something that they had in the queue, ready to print, pretty much immediately. Hundred percent. Well, he pissed um, off a, a big wig. Yeah, hitting on his wife at a gas station. That story's crazy. <laughs> that sounds like a retro douche guy move. Who's that? Is that the retro sports guy rebrand? He may have rebranded. Jeez. It looked like a professional job too. He might have hired a PR firm. Damn. Damn. But then uh, his so- image was in the dumpster. So, quick question here. Uh, I'm gonna. I have two questions for you. Uh, maybe we can save one for later. But uh, of these names, I'm gonna list. I'm gonna list a few names. You guys, let me know which one is most intriguing. These are the possible names to replace Ella to replace Ed Orgeron at LSU: Billy Napier, Mel Tucker, Jimbo Fisher, Lane Kiffin, Bob Stoops, Luke Fickle, Matt Campbell, Tom Herman, Lincoln Riley, Dabo Sweeney. Any of those? Any of those jump off the page? Is like, ooh, this could happen. I think. Go ahead, D. No, I want to hear you. You go first. Okay. Like, jumping off, like, Billy Napier would be too smart of a hire, I think. (laughs) Like, I just think it's like, just makes too much sense from a football standpoint. They're going to go, I mean, they're LSU. They're going to want to make an LSU hire. And, like, I think the logical step is Lane Kiffin. I think. Like, they're going to want, they want an offensive coach. He's an offensive guy. He, like, has fixed his crap. And he's shown that he can quickly turn around a program. I think like that's where they're gonna go. I don't think Tom Herman's in play because why the hell would Tom Herman be in play? Like I, I, I don't think he would succeed. But like Jimbo is very much in play. Like I think it's Jimbo or Lane. They're gonna want to poach somebody. It, I, I think, like I, I agree, they'll poach someone. And I think Lincoln Riley is a dark horse for that. I don't know. So, I don't know. He's like, got a good thing going. Yeah, but like, how good? I mean, they they still, you know, are, you know, they 
I guess they're in playoff contention now, but I think he knows that this isn't his best team. He knows that he can probably recruit easier at LSU, still get the best quarterbacks in the country, but get, you know, better athletes, you know, all around on both sides of the football than he can at Oklahoma. You'll probably pay wash, but I think LSU is kind of a slightly better job. If you just evaluate the jobs as is, it's slightly better than Oklahoma. And I could see him taking it. I mean, I think he interviews for leverage to maybe rework a contract and get an extension slash a bump. But if you're moving jobs, I think you're just putting yourself at risk. Like if he succeeds at Oklahoma for a couple more years, I think he gets looks from the NFL. If he goes to LSU yet, yeah, like, yeah, there's a, probably a slightly better chance to win a national title, but also you're competing in the SEC and you got to rebuild the program a little bit. There's also a chance it just doesn't work. I think you're out in four or five years. Doesn't Oklahoma go into the SEC? I know it's 2025, but let's be honest, that'll probably accelerate. They probably will accelerate, but their eyes are already like there. And yeah. I think they'll get like once they go in the SEC, they're probably starting to shift towards SEC football like as we speak. I'm of the opinion here. We'll go quick before we move on here. I'm of the opinion. I think there's three real candidates. Uh, and the reason Tom Herman made the list that I don't think he's a real guy, the reason Tom Herman made the list is because that's who they were supposed to hire before they hired Ed Oak. Mm-hmm. So that he was the he was the original hire that should be kind of funny. But I think they're three real candidates, and they're going to poach somebody um, because they can, because they have the money to do it, and they they have the brand name to do it, and the recruiting base to do it. Uh, I think the three names that I focus on are Mel Tucker, Jimbo Fisher, and Lane Kiffin. Mel Tucker, I know he just he's settling in at Michigan State, but – I think he can really recruit anywhere, and he just left Colorado after one year. Like, yeah, if you're him, you jump. If you're Mel Tucker, you absolutely you don't want to settle in at Michigan State. I don't think there there's a few coaches who, and Billy Napier is one of them, who did not leave when while they were hot. And Brent Venable is another one, and Tony Elliott's another one. Like there are coaches who were scorching hot that did not leave and did not go go get paid, and then their teams ended up not sustaining that same level. And I think it ends up coming back to bite you. So I think that's why Mel Tucker's on the board. And then Lane Kiffin is just, like you said, he probably the most interesting, in my opinion, that doesn't play a whole lot of defense, but, man, his offense would be fun and would bring a lot of excitement to Baton Rouge. And then Jimbo is the interesting one because – or is, is another interesting candidate here because uh, the guy, the new AD at LSU, is the same guy who hired Jimbo at Texas A&M. So, obviously, he already really likes Jimbo, uh, likes what he can do, and, and is known to make to big, make the big splash higher. So, I think that's kind of why Jimbo's on the table for me. I don't know which one of those three it'll be, but I think those are three to keep an eye on. So, my, my thought on Jimbo a little bit, and I know Scott Warren likes him. Question, like, do you think Jimbo's been successful at AM compared to expectations? I know he just beat Bama. I know he just beat Bama, so it's a little weird. But if he didn't beat Bama, I think the answer would clearly be no. Yeah, he's not doing good enough to justify what he's getting paid, I'd say. The dude's like second or third highest paid coach in all of college football. You know, best win of his career is at A&M is the Orange Bowl against the Carolina team with basically all of their skill guys sitting out, minus Sam Howell last year. Um, is You know, before Alabama, I guess, but, you know, that's a regular season win. He hasn't made an SEC title. It's not going to this year. I don't know. I, I, don't I mean, if, if you're LSU, yeah. like, I don't know why you're so confident that Jimbo is going to be the answer. Yeah. Like, I'd almost be more confident in Lane. Yeah. 
the only reason you think that, that Jimbo's your guy is, is because it'd be easier for him to recruit in Louisiana when there is not another in, there's not another in-state power who is taking your guys. That's the only reason I can really think you could think you'd think that he'd be able to get better recruits. But like D said, he just hasn't accomplished maybe what he's been paid to accomplish yet. And and I think maybe that comes with time. Maybe there's something that comes down the road. And obviously they play in the hardest division in football, but like you know, end all be all is you're getting paid millions of dollars to get a result and you haven't gotten one yet. So yeah, I, I love I love the coaching carousel. Like it's it's so fun to talk about for me. I also love like once somebody goes, say it's Billy Napier, somebody's filling that spot. Yeah, and mm-hmm. just already we didn't talk about it. Like Jeff Trailer at UTSA is going to a big time job. Mm-hmm. Yep. What if they just decide to hire David Cutcliffe for the sole purpose of trying to land Arch Manning? That'd be hysterical. Because the Mannings are super tight with Cutler, Cutcliffe. Did yeah. you uh, did you see that video that came out of Arch Manning playing football a couple weeks ago? Yes. I think I might have yeah. said to, to you guys, but it looked like he was playing against like like eighth graders or like seventh graders. Eighth, eighth graders was not the term I would have used. Yeah, to that describe was the friendly term, but that they did not look like they should be on the same field. All right, we got a friend knocking on the door. Do you want to do you want to do frauds of the week real quick? Yeah. Yeah. I want to go first. I got three of mine for yeah. a second. I'll start. Um, they are not fraudulent, so fraud's not the right word. But I just this is a segment where I just choose to sound off. The fraud, my fraud of the week is the Kentucky Kentucky covering against Georgia. Yeah, they that sucked. Scored, they called a timeout with four seconds left. Down, they were down twenty-four, and they called Mark? a second. They called a timeout with four seconds left to. Score a touchdown, for Mark the boosters, Stoops. I guess. Mark, so I don't want to say Mark Stoops is a fraud because Kentucky actually losing, like they played pretty well against Georgia. Actually, Georgia's very good, so Kentucky's not really fraudulent. Them covering against Georgia, that's fraudulent. Mark Stoops said, uh, "This one's for the boosters," and put one in my ear hole. I couldn't believe that they that, that they was covered. shocking. I was ill. my I was my. My fraud of the week, and I promise I'm going to stop talking about baseball uh, soon, is the New York Yankees. They announced today that Aaron Boone is going to get a three-year extension uh, with a fourth-year club option. Uh, and I'm pretty upset. Ian asked, Ian did a pulse check on me this morning as a good friend he is. Uh, pretty unwell. But, uh, yeah, can't, can't complain too much about that. All right, D, who's your, who's your fraud of the week? So I got to say – the Vegas odd makers. Once again, I had a bad week, but um, I don't know. I, this is kind of, I wouldn't say this is fraudulent. It's more so kind of hilarious. The Wisconsin under hit. At yes, it did. It, it, which, got, it was in danger late. There was a lot of touchdowns yeah. late in that game. Yeah. I mean, can, can I circle back to Grand Mercer's just based off a of stat I saw this week? Yeah. It's basically the expected points added, like per play, of every quarterback in the Power Five. It's like on a line chart, you know, going up and to the right's best, down and to the left is, you know, worst. Graham Mertz is the worst quarterback in the Power Five right now. Yes, he is. He's so bad. Yeah. Jack yeah. Cohen is on the bottom half, and that's who they chose from Notre Dame. I don't think the other two may face any better, but Graham Mertz is the worst. And you know, I've said it before, but his clothing line, his team. Now, thank you for not scoring points, but you're still a fraud. Yep. All right. 
You ready to bring it felt? Yeah, bring him in. Let's do it. There he is. What's up, felt? What up, D? How was? How are you? Honored to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, sure. welcome on. It's usually not this ruckus, but I think Donna's picking up his food from the door right now. Are you in a parking garage? <laughs> nah, it's just my apartment without the lights on. It's pretty scary at night. <laughs> All right, D. So why don't you give yourself an introduction for our listeners who may not know you? Yeah, sure. So uh, Danny Felton, um, longtime listener. Some would even say fanatic uh, of the pod. Um, I think I probably have the claim to fame of most minutes of, of bald, bold, and gold consumed. Um, so I've been waiting for this opportunity for a while and uh, pumped to get on here and talk some football with you boys. Yeah, we think- uh, we opened it up and like one of the few cri- few criteria we had to our guests was coming on and not saying you didn't listen, which is uh, <laughs> how it went the first time. So we appreciate actually having a listener on. Yeah, yeah that's great. Also, I heard I heard Grandpa Waller maybe giving you uh maybe giving you a run for your money as far as minutes listen, but shout we'll, out uh, Grandpa. We'll uh, always listening. <laughs> yeah, we love our fans. So, Danny, let's let's go and do you know we have time. We don't have a game to recap off of this last week for Notre Dame. How did you become a Notre Dame football fan? Uh, you know, how has your fandom evolved over the years, and where do you sit now? Do you go to every game? Do you watch it on TV? I don't know. Let our fans know. Yeah. Um, I had a, a high school buddy, Jack Rogers, who, uh, took me to my first Notre Dame game. Um, we played rice, I think for the season opener, you guys probably know what year that was. Um, I remember I was, was tailgating. I was actually at the Smith tailgate, um, because, uh, Jack Rogers, older siblings was friends with Matt Smith's older siblings. So kind of got the whole tailgating experience, walked around campus, uh, watched us blow out rice, um, you know, kind of, uh, was interested in the school from there. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I didn't have a, a crazy background. Uh, grew up a West Virginia Mountaineer fan, so I'm glad to convert to a program with a, a little better track record than that. Well, yeah, we're, we're, we're glad to give you some uh, some upscale culture compared to the Mountaineers. Hey, nothing wrong with uh, Morgantown, but no, it's uh, good to be here. Now I'm, uh, I'm living in Chicago. Um, I'm going to my fourth Notre Dame game of the season on Saturday, so um, Still attending them, going out. Um, they do pretty well when I when I go to home games. Um, I've been to our road catastrophes, most of them in the last four years. So uh, kind of avoid those going forward. What's your favorite game of the last? I don't know, five six years now since your freshman year. Favorite game since my freshman year. Um, Michigan junior year was probably the uh, like the most fun day to day. Um, that I've had uh, great, you know, the, the, the opening game of the season, uh, renewal of the rivalry night game, some really, uh, really memorable plays, whether it's Chris Fink's catch or the uh, strip sack to end it. Um, so I think, you know, all in probably uh, the best game that I went to. Um, all right. Dan, ahead, do you have, do you have roommates currently? I do have two roommates. Um, I, I've actually Ian's uh frequent attendee of uh the late nights that tend to happen at this apartment but uh i am one of them is uh tom bozzioni um i don't know if he listens i hope he does and then uh ohio state buckeye freddie all back um so yeah we can uh we can test if they do listen um we'd like to play games on this podcast if you had to pick one roommate and boot the other out who would it be and why (laughs) 
Difficult question. Um, I think I would uh, probably kick out our most recent Sunday night roommate, Alex Donovan. Um, I don't live with you. You just named you both, both of your roommates, and I wasn't one of them. So. <laughs> you, uh, the last few times uh, Dees traveled out to South Bend or Chicago for games, he uh, has refused to book a flight Sunday like a normal person. So we've had him uh, as an honorary Sunday night roommate, um, which has been a good run, but all good things must come to an end. But you guys hang out with him when he's there, right? <laughs> that's that's a lot of plan, but um, I think some of our listeners knows what tends to happen with uh, Sunday D, and uh, sometimes you you just gotta abort that mission. Who's the best cook in your apartment? That would uh, that would be Freddie Allback. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Okay, back to Notre Dame football games. What would you say? You know, you named your favorite game, Michigan, uh, at least home game. What was the game over your college career in the subsequent two years after that you got the most fucked up at? Cool. Um, the the Wake game, uh, I think it was our sophomore year. It was a driving rainstorm. It was my first time uh, sitting in the luxurious block accommodations. Um, I think the last thing I remember from that game was was meeting Father John Jenkins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit. So uh, – yeah, um, I, I have not been invited back to the box since then, and I think it's good. <laughs> it's a good All one. Right. See, if you, uh, you're Brian Kelly for a day, and this day is October 23rd, 2021, who are you trotting out there as our quarterback for the first drive? Oh, that's such a tough question. Um, I think for consistency uh, – I think you just start Jack Cohn. Um, I think we probably have practiced around, you know, whatever he's putting out there um, to date to prep for these, I guess, bigger games, even though I don't know how good USC is. Um, hopefully there's some momentum from the offensive line uh, last week and um, we can protect him and uh, see what he does for us in the first quarter. Um, and then maybe, you know, we get a lead and, and feed Buckner in there. Um once again, I really don't think it matters who starts uh, for the first series. I think uh, I think Kelly's going to definitely mix it up throughout the, the game. The correct answer was Kyle Hamilton, but. Yeah. <laughs> I, actually, yeah. I saw that there's a, a LSU commit who's like a five-star who's going to be there. So maybe we just trot him out there and see what he can do. Uh, I heard that, yeah, he may be looking to flip uh, after yeah. last week. Danny, I have, a, I have another question for you. Uh, in, in our last trip to South Bend, which was the Cincinnati game, a lot of people had some complaints with the, with the stadium DJ. Uh, if the game is tied on Saturday with three minutes left in the fourth quarter, uh, what song would you play for the crowd? Uh, I, I think Levels by Avicii, and I know that's, that's even in their, their repertoire because they have played it this year to date. Um, yeah, but I just didn't hear it last week. And it wasn't. I know. It was, it was a real bummer. That and the uh, that and the unfixable chili were, were two big disappointments of Cincinnati weekend. Hey, I thought the chili was fixed. <laughs> <laughs> it was fixed. It was fine. But was yeah, going back going back to the game, it's not really about. I know it's cliche. It's not about who starts. It's just. I think what's most important for Kelly and Reese is to at least just have a good pulse on the game, and you know, don't stick with one guy too long. We have three guys that can engineer a drive. You know, play the hot hand just because I honestly just don't have a preference. I've seen all of them do well. I've seen all of them you know, crap the bed. But, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I, I would say what I uh, what I do like is that um, I haven't watched much USC football, but I've seen some big numbers scored by the opposition. I think teams kind of tend to run it up on them a little bit. So um, it would be great to finally put more than like 32 points on the board as an offense um, and get, get our confidence up. I agree. That would be cool. Um, Danny, if you had to pick uh, your, your favorite player so far this season, who would it be? And then also you got to give me your favorite player all the time. Um, Ian, do I pick Matt Salerno? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for not playing. handed Matt Salerno, uh, waving for a fair catch always gets me going. Um, I think, uh, I think real answer. Um, I love watching Michael Mayer play. Um, I think he's super tough. Uh, you know, he's, he's open all the time. Uh, great route runner, big body, tough kid. Uh, probably my favorite player to watch. Um, favorite player of all time. Uh, I had a youth large uh, Kelly Green Jeff Samarja jersey that I just heard up. Um, but, yeah, Jeff Samarja was always uh, fun to watch. So uh, we like to do a little background on our guests before coming on. And we read on Wikipedia that – you had four deep balls in a 16-inch softball season. After starting the the season 0 for 3, where did you get your steroids? Yeah, I, I would even add it. I started uh, 0 for 3, and the first two were were strikeouts. One forward, K, one forward. Um, I, w- I wouldn't have said that out loud. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Backward K in rec league softball is um, nothing to write home about. But uh, – yeah, I uh, I think I was was in between a hybrid swing and a golf swing, a baseball swing and a golf swing. Um, haven't really gotten my golf swing back, but baseball swing is there. So let's uh, win some more hardware. What was the worst side effect of the steroids? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> testosterone. Just being just fucking jacked all the time. Yeah, yeah, that, was, that was tough to deal with. It sucks. Did they make you hornier? <laughs> uh, like I gotta <laughs> the plan was for this to spiral anyways. You kind of accelerated it pretty quickly, Donna. Yeah. I was trying to pretend like I was on like cover three or something, but here we are. Yeah. No, no, no. Let's derail it. Train, train came off the tracks. Uh, yeah. I got one more D before I think you, I think I know what you're about to go with. If you could pick one, one of our friends as, as a frequent listener, if you could pick one of our friends to be on the podcast in the future, who, who would you pick? Uh, I think, I think Jack Doyle would have some good takes. Um, <laughs> yeah, think, we, we thought so too. Um, I don't think tonight's the night to uh, reach out to him because his Dodgers are uh, about to go down. Uh, um, but yeah, I think, I think he could be a good guest. Did you guys get a, a, a bunch of applications? Yeah, that's actually, a, a good a, number. A bunch is a strong word, but uh, we had some strong candidates. We had a few strong candidates. I got, I got one more for you. Since this is a, a gambling podcast, out of the three of us, you had a hundred dollars. You had to hit the bet. Who would you go to? Yeah, uh, you know it's funny. I was, I was thinking back on um, some of my favorite moments uh, on the podcast before I was asked to be a guest, and uh, a lot of those favorite moments are uh, Ian's bad beats. So uh, you know, USF last year, or it's uh, Bama this year. Watching uh, watching Ian get absolutely smoked on a game he's pretty sure about is, is always interesting. So, um, I think I'm going 50 percent Slevin and 50 uh, percent D, and hoping that D's not spending that on a, a Stig. 
<laughs> I'd still have 20 bucks left, so we'd be fine. Um, all right. What do you want to see most about the off? Uh, what do you want to see most out of the de- defensive side of the ball for the Irish this week? We're going up against the top receiver in the country. I think he leads the nation in yards at Drake London. Yeah, Drake London. Uh, he's got 13 of 17 deep balls thrown his way. Dude's almost unstoppable when you throw it up to him. What do you think we need to do to stop him? Yeah, I mean, I, I think 14 might be the answer there. I don't like when 14 is too preoccupied. Um, you know, I'd rather have him back there as a center fielder than kind of shadowing a, a top receiver. Um I do think that uh, defensive lines kind of tend to decimate this USC team. So um, hoping that, you know, with Kurt Heinisch back, and I think his second game since the injury and um, some good momentum with Foskey uh, and, you know, some good sack pressure, we can um, hopefully get to, to Keaton Slovis and uh, not give him too much time to find London down the field. Yeah, I agree. Sack pressure is key. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you think back to – you know, some of the USC games in years past, 2017, 2019, uh, you think of our D linemen have had huge games. You think of Khalid Kareem's had big games. Jerry Tillery's had big games. You know, this USC O-line is nothing to write home about. And if we, you know, don't let them develop plays down the field, I think we have a good shot. Yeah. And also to Felton's point here, like, I think that, uh, I think that you can probably get the job done. I'd like to see a lot of cam hard on him. Um, and get get him some safety help over the top, uh, and then kind of I'd be playing with five defensive backs all week. I'd be playing in dime package or nickel package all week. Uh, I I'd give Cam Hart some safety help over the top with Drake London, and let your other nine guys deal with the rest of the field. I think you're gonna get enough pressure with the, with the defensive line, and still let Kyle Hamilton maintain his his center field spot. Uh, should I like that? I like that idea as well. About, all right, uh, D, what's the game day fit on Saturday? See, I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah we're looking it's going to be chilly. A bit Definitely chilly not talking Saturday. to you, Dono. He's <laughs> <laughs> in the box. Sorry. Also, what did you just eat? Normal D, regular D. <laughs> yeah, I'm the normal D. Um, <laughs> I have some of my gummy vitamins. Yeah. Yeah. Good. They're good. <laughs> Keeps me healthy. Uh, actually, I, I do, I do care about your answer, Dono. Yeah, now let's go to Danny first because I know this has probably been planned for weeks now. Yeah, I'll uh, refer to my game day fit spreadsheet. Um, <laughs> I don't know, probably probably hoodie weather. Um, I don't know that it's long underwear season yet, but uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think it's going to be like 40s I, by the time it's kickoff. I, night games are always tough because you'll be shedding layers and you'll be adding layers back on. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, but well, like. With the West Coast people coming in, we got to show them that we're Midwest tough, you know. So maybe, maybe you just go with shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. yeah Felton would never wear shorts in public. It's too good for that. True. <laughs> uh, what are you guys thinking? Uh, ND hockey jersey. I think it's the perfect. Yeah, with I think a lot the perfect of sweater. Yeah, sweatshirt and that. I think I might be good to go. I think Felton's right. It's going to be you're battling. You're battling a hive. 60 or 65 during the day while you're tailgating or while we're in the lots and then come game time it's going to be in the mid to low 40s and a low of 38 in south bend on Oof. saturday night yeah. so uh gonna, uh have to, gonna have to prepare all the way across i think i might have a beanie on hand at some point i'm gonna have one for the game I'm gonna have yeah. one of those for the game hand warmers that's a go-to you can go with the, you go with the dono pocket hat where he shoves a hat in his crotch and, and pulls it out. <laughs> that's 
It's not exactly what happens. <laughs> yeah, you see, an attractive lady walks by and he quickly puts on the hat. <laughs> nah, I'll, 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 I'll have the lid on all day Saturday. I'll have it okay. on. Keep that D, what hat on you, what, what, D, D, what are you wearing? Uh, see, I don't think I'm wearing anything green, so I don't really want to wear the green hat I bought for Cincy. So I'll probably just the classic navy blue slash gray one that no, is I'll, just I'll, sun fit. That hat well, seems good. Yeah. <laughs> that hat has some shit. I was talking about currently what hat are you wearing? Oh, this is the hat I got oh, at Target. Has a crab been, on it. Yeah, I thought that was it's red been last for a I thought that I yeah. thought that was that one that one had gone missing. Oh, it was stolen by Korth and but then returned on my birthday. So Oh, that was nice. I actually knew where it yeah. was. He told he told me where it was. It was a pretty good hiding spot. He brought it straight to the office. Yeah, I put it in his desk in the office. Yeah. What a clown. Um, I, yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm thinking like the maybe the jacket, wrap it around your waist during tailgating. That, that could be a good play too. Yeah, we'll see. Um, all right. Do you guys want to do some uh, some second half predictions here while we still got felt up? Uh, sure. Cool. All right. So we'll wait. We'll wait for the we'll we'll do wait for the Heisman and the conferences afterwards. Let's do some more general ones. Let's do some Notre Dame ones. Uh, what game? What game scares you the most from here on out for Notre Dame? Danny, uh, Virginia. It's a good answer. No, okay. Virginia seems to be a trap game. Um, you know, we've stolen them, stolen games from them in the past that we should have uh, kind of controlled the entire time. Um, don't like, uh, don't like playing down there in November at all. But hopefully, it's uh, not too big of a concern. Yeah. I think he's right. I think that's definitely the best one. That like, not even trap game wise. I think they might be the best team on their schedule. D. I say Carolina. It's the best quarterback we face probably still all year. I know Jared Ritter's up there too, but you know Howell's still very good. Josh Downs on the outside is scary. It's you know, and when we don't have an elite offense, now our offense may look better considering we played the best six defenses we played in the first six games. Maybe our offense is a little better than we think, especially when we face these worst teams, but that's a team that can put up a lot of points. And, you know, if you let them get hot, they can put 21 on you in the blink of an eye. And I don't know if sometimes if we can come back from that. So I'd say that's a trap game because they're not good, but they can still beat us. They can just put up points. Yeah. I got a, uh, I got Stanford is mine. Uh, I still think Notre Dame's gonna win the football game, but man, going on, going out, going out to Northern California Thanksgiving weekend for a game that won't be the marquee game that weekend uh, against the lesser of the two California rivals um, scares me a little bit. Uh, just hoping that at that point, you know, you're going into the week ten and one with and, and come out eleven and one, no matter how you do it. Um, but yeah, I think Virginia is a really, really good answer. They're they're probably my number two. Uh, yep. Let's see. Uh, What's the uh, what's the ceiling for this Notre Dame team? Eleven and one, New Year six. I mean, right. there's not. I'm not necessarily terrified of any of the teams behind, you know, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Cincinnati. Maybe I'm not terrified of Cincinnati either. I think that's a team Notre Dame can beat. It's that next tier of teams. I think it's a competitive game at the least, and if not, one that we should win. So. Snapping that uh twenty six or twenty eight year drought in uh New Year's six games for the Irish. I think I read that this week. Oof. Yeah. Would love to uh would love to break that. Would be would be would be nice, Ian. 
Um, I mean, I, I like the ceiling, like, is like a New Year's Six Bowl, but like our first top five draft pick in, in a while. It's a good one. It's a good, it's a good take on the answer. Um, I was going to come back to that in a few minutes, but I think I would say, uh, I'd say got to win a New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, to me, that's what that you got to get to a New Year's Six Bowl and win one because that's what makes the season successful. It's supposed to be a and it's tough to say that given the season was supposed to be a wash anyways, given you lost so much from last year. Um, but given you got, you earned your way to a five and one in the first half and have what I feel is a manageable schedule from here on out, getting to 11 and one, getting into a, a Fiesta Bowl or a Peach Bowl and, and winning would be would definitely be my ceiling and what I would kind of mark as as success uh, for this year. Um, so I, I have a question kind of on that same topic. Do you think we make a New Year's Six Bowl at 10 and 2? Probably not. I don't think we should either, probably. Yeah. I think we're looking back at the Citrus Bowl or something like that again. Back yeah. in Orlando. Back in Orlando. Stink. That would stink. Orlando would stink. I did it once, and once was enough. Um, it was How did that too game? cold. Uh, I was at the LSU game. Good game, but yeah. When, when Miles when Miles made the catch. Uh, all right, last one here. Uh, who's leaving and who's staying for the? Who's leaving for the draft and who's staying? Who's staying for for the following year? I see. Right, so like, so, so I think you can kind of start to break this up. Like Kyle Hamilton's going right. Yeah. But then I think you look at some other guys and you look at Cam. Yeah, you want to like you want to list somebody and then we just go around and say go or stay. Cam Hart. Stay. 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 Needs a lot more film. Yeah. Kyron Williams. Go. Running back. You only got too many hits. Yeah. Go. Go. I think. Uh, yeah. I think his draft kid is slowly building with all these path protections that Slevin loves so much. Oh my god, dude. They, they 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 do they do some things to me. I love them a lot. Um <laughs> let's see who else. Uh who else? Uh Kurt going, right? He has to I, dude, well, I, I think he's, it's like he's fifth or sixth year, isn't he? No, I think I think Kurt has to go because he, he used up yeah. his eligibility as a true freshman. Yeah. Um, so this is his COVID year already. We'll miss him. Yeah. Jared Patterson. Stay. Center. I think he's Captain. I think he's he got a shot at the uh, Joe Moore, Joe Moore Award next year next too. Year. A, a rebuilding line, and maybe Harry he stand back in the building. Is Myron is Myron ready to go? Not as a DN. Like I don't know. Like I, I, if you if you would have stayed stayed in the interior last year, like maybe, but not as a DN. Um, I think he need, needs another year as a DN. I agree. He could. It would help us a lot if he stayed. But. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of another D lineman who I, I I think might go. Who's that? Foskey. He's a true junior. Is Foskey? Oh, Redshirt yeah. sophomore. But I mean, if he ends up, you know, 12, 13 sacks, I mean, he's on. He's got six now. We're going into the weaker half of our schedule. I, I think it's pretty damn plausible he ends up, you know, with the most sacks anyone Notre Dame's had in, in a long time. And, I mean, he's got everything you want in terms of the body of an NFL player and the measurables. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it'll be interesting. Come, you know, I guess we'll see. Come January, when when these kids when kids start to make their decisions. Um, uh, here's another question for you: uh, Does Drew is Drew Pine staying at Notre Dame? We already know that Brennan Clark's leaving. We just got that news today. Is Drew Pine staying, or is he going to put his name in the transfer portal? 
The question, does he graduate this spring? No, no. right? No, he's an academic junior. He's an academic junior. Academic junior. I think he probably I think he probably sees how things go in the spring. Because like we're all like, oh, Tyler Buckner's the future, but like theoretically, Pine could win that job outright in the spring. Um, and I think he kind of gauges the situation and competes in the spring. And then if heading into the summer he's like, There's no shot, I think then he enters the portal. If that even time yeah. if that time might even works out. Like seems like a late time to enter the portal. Yeah. Like, no, you can you can do you can do you can do it in the summer, Danny. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think he goes. I think there's a lot of buzz around quarterbacks accepting transfers this year. I mean, we've seen it with the Rattler news and the Rattler benching. Um, seems like there's all these murmurs about um, possible destinations, and I, I don't know that Drew Pine has gotten much respect or as much respect as he thinks he deserves from the coaching staff this year um, after some solid performances. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go. I would love to uh, have him around. In, uh, in case of emergency next year, but um, I feel like he might uh, dip. He kind of seems yeah. like one of the guys though that like wants his degree, and yes. then like three and a half years maybe, and then we'll go. Yeah, but I think like, what... the, way that, the way that Kelly managed Jerkovic, like kind of struggling along, and then at the last mm-hmm. minute just um, you know really didn't didn't fulfill his promise, and he left in like a ball of smoke. I can see that happening as well. I'm kind of of the opinion uh, that that D is here where. Uh, I think he wants to. He wants to be here for three and a half years, get his degree. Um, I think he 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 seems like somebody who would value his time in South Bend and 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 getting a degree from from a, from Notre Dame, which which I have a ton of respect for. And honestly, if he wanted to go play, if he wanted to go transfer, so long as he didn't transfer to USC or Michigan, like I'm I'm always yeah. nervous for him. I think I think he's a, he seems like a really really good kid, very likable dude's a gamer. Uh, and there's not that, those are things you just can't take away from him. Um, so I, I would love for him to stay, but I'd also understand him if, if he told me, if he said he was leaving tomorrow, I, you know, I, I couldn't blame him. I just hope, I hope that he stays and, uh, and cause he, he cause the, 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 obviously there's a, there's a premium on having a talented and capable backup, uh, see Oklahoma, see Ohio state, uh, and state Michigan. And then the opposite, and go see Penn State. You oh, yeah. Boston College. Boston College is kind of a threat with Djokovic, and now they're. What do you mean you don't you don't trust Dennis? <laughs> I, I, do <laughs> I do not. My man, my man Dennis is not helping that BC offense all that much. All right, we'll go with two more two more questions. There'll be more, more. Two two more overarching questions. Uh, who gets who hires a head coach first, LSU or USC? I LSU. I think everyone's just more rabid there, but I don't know. Maybe it could go either way. I think both situations are a mess. Didn't you dedicate I'm your saying, Ian to uh, finding out who LSU's villain would be? Yeah, we talked about it a little bit earlier. So, who do you think they go with? I have no idea. Yeah, that was my work day yesterday. I I I did that. I did like uh like three hours of like reading up on like who was available and like who would be the right fit, and then I landed on Lane Kiffin. So, <laughs> so that waste of a work day. Um, he yeah, right I can't told he, was right, he was right there the whole time. Yeah, maybe Luke Fickle. Uh, I don't know. Luke Fickle is. I think he's going he's gonna to wait for a Big Ten opening, but I also heard his name attached to the USC job. I think LSU ends up naming their coach 
probably the Friday before the Army-Navy game. Uh, and USC will probably have to wait its turn until the carousel really gets going. I, I really think that LSU is going to get the carousel spinning and, and USC will probably follow suit, but I really think it'll be LSU. I, don't th- I do think there's like different candidates in there, though. Yeah, like, yeah. There are some that overlap, but there there is a lot of difference. Like, I can get I, PJ Flex name for the LSU job. Right, I think that L- I think the Florida. I'm oh, sorry. I think LSU is in a state in a in a position where they can go poach pretty much anybody they want, right? Because they'll have, they'll have the economic and recruiting resources to do so. I think USC is going to have to be a bit more selective, especially because they've got it wrong uh, a few times in a row now. Uh, so pretty much since Pete Carroll, they haven't gotten it right. Uh, uh, okay, uh, playoff predictions. Who are your playoff teams? Danny? I'm going to go Georgia, Cincinnati, Ohio State, Bama. With two losses. Well, or, or does one, Bama or, pick off Georgia in the SEC one, title? I think, I, think, I think Saban adjusts. Bama picks off Georgia, and they, they sneak back in. All right. I'm going to go with Georgia. Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Oregon. You think Cincy loses or do they just get jumped? I think they get jumped. Really? I, I think there's enough momentum behind them that they stay. I have the same four as you, but switch Cincy and Oregon. So I don't think Oregon, like even I test, has looked better than Cincy. No, but I think they just get I, – I think like – the Pac-12. When was the last time the Pac-12 was in the playoff? Exactly. Like probably Washington. Yeah, probably Washington. It didn't go well. I'm not sure it went well. Yeah. And I don't think Oregon's. Good. I think Cincinnati's a much better team. But like, you just got to think about like money. That's what. It's like kind of what I'm thinking about. Like I just don't think it's built. It's built for the Power Five. Um, I'm in agreement with D. I got the same four teams as D. I got. I got Georgia, Oklahoma. Uh, Cincinnati and Ohio State. Uh, not really in that order, but uh, I think that'll probably be what it comes down to because I just think there's going to be – I think Alabama may end up with two losses. Cincinnati probably will be undefeated. Oklahoma remains undefeated. Ohio State gets there with one loss, and people value the, the conference championship more so than they put value into the loss. Nobody said uh, Michigan. No, it's my, I'm never going to say Michigan. Not a Michigan. <laughs> uh, speaking of Michigan, just while while we're while we're here and we're on the topic, uh, CBS Sports does a good job of, doing, of updating their playoff predictor uh, and their and their bowl games. Right now, the other bowl games outside of the playoff, the, their playoff predictor is Georgia one, Oklahoma two, Ohio State three, Cincinnati four. Their bowl games outside of the Alabama and Oklahoma State in the Sugar Bowl, Iowa and Oregon in the Rose Bowl, Notre Dame and Michigan in the Fiesta Ooh, Bowl, and NC State awesome. and Penn State in the Peach Bowl. Uh, I wasn't really planning on traveling to the game, but yeah. uh, New Year's Eve in Scottsdale or Phoenix doesn't sound like that bad. No, bring the sticks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Plus to get plus another chance to beat down on Harbaugh's Michigan team. I'm, I'm here for it. Um, all right, that was really what we had on on the slate. Did everybody want to give a game prediction? Sure. For this weekend, I'll go first. Um, 
you know, this, I think it's going to be high scoring, maybe not as high scoring as Florida state, but I think, you know, you see both teams push to the upper twenties into the thirties. I don't know. What's the over under at? Does anyone know? Uh, hold on. I do not. I'll without knowing that, eight. without knowing that I'm going to go 38, 24 Irish. I'm with, I'm with Danny here. Like I would like us actually like to, this is a get right game for our offense chance to actually establish a little bit of a rhythm and just like drive it to drive, get points. We're gonna go thirty-five twenty-three. Think I think you know we get what is that three field goals for them? I think our defense kind of buckles up in the red zone, shuts down Drake London. You know, I think they drive the ball and let's put up yards, but it's a little bend don't break, especially on those crucial drives. Hold them to three instead of seven, and that's the difference. Each team has five scoring drives that we just execute. Total total is fifty-seven and a half. Damn, that's low. So I was right there. Yeah. Um. I'm going. Th- I'm going 38-21. Um, let's kick kick the offense into into overdrive. Offensive line starting to look good. Uh, I think we. I think we can put up some points, and I think our defense has a good day. Uh, really, just have to worry about how we're gonna how we're gonna bracket Drake uh, Drake London. But yeah, 38-21. We all go home happy. We're all having a blast in South Bend, uh, and we get to go to the bar afterwards and and enjoy to take our shirts off. Sure, if, if you insist. Felton? Uh, I'm going to go 41-30. Um, I echo a lot of what you guys say. Uh, I think I think it's one of those games that um, the score is closer than the game actually is. Uh, hoping we dominate on both sides of the ball. I'm a little worried about our, our first quarter performances to date, so I kind of hope we shake off that that funk um, and get things going early. Yeah, I think the uh, – that's I'd be the most points, I think, in a game itself in quite some time. But uh, I'd be that'd be fun to see a bit of a shootout. Uh, I guess I really want our defense to play well, but I'm not I'm not against winning winning a shootout either. Yeah. All right, Danny. Before we let you go, do you have any questions for us, the hosts? Sorry, yeah. We have, I think we have one more for you. Yeah, I uh, definitely have a couple. If that's cool. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so, as uh, esteemed members of the uh, the Notre Dame media, um, do you have any media uh, role models? In, in your life, whether it's like a broadcaster, a podcaster, um, you know, an ESPN host you, you grew up loving, who uh, who inspired you to uh, take the uncharted path to Notre Dame media? Joe Talk Rogan. Okay, not Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I'm not the right person in this podcast to say that, um, just like physically, but Scott Van Pelt. Scott Van Pelt is the absolute man. I love what he does. Um, I don't support his baldness. Just kidding. Of course, I support his baldness. We love baldness on this podcast. Uh, but I think he's beast. Tom, yours is Fernelli. Mine's definitely Fernelli. Interesting. You should get him to listen. Tell him you gave him a shout out. Uh, mine. He's not really a podcaster, but when I was younger, I used to watch Gus Johnson highlights on YouTube. Just because it seems like he was always calling the best games and his calls were just fucking bananas. There's a YouTube video out there. It's grainy as hell. It's got like 10 million views. But I used to be able to recite like the whole video based off Gus Johnson's calls. So just talking about sports, he got me fired up. But I always loved when he was calling games. It's not necessarily a podcast or or even an analyst. All he does is call the games. But I, I would say in terms of sports media, he was someone that I was obsessed with when I was younger. Good question. Good answers. Uh, next question. I know, um, you know, as, as a large media conglomerate, there's a lot of uh, day-to-day operations and, and grunt work that you guys have to deal with, whether it's the Instagram account or the graphics or uh, 
you know, dealing, fielding questions from a Mr. Sports guy. Um, so if you were to expand your task force and hire an intern uh, for a day, what would his day look like working for the three of you? It depends well, on who was, the intern uh, is. Yeah, I, I was late to the podcast, like trying to, you know, get all my information together and also had to debone a rotisserie chicken. Oh, so, I did the same thing tonight. Yeah, my intern would probably debone a chicken getting ready. <laughs> um, I would need somebody who's probably an ACMS or stats guy, uh, given that I think that's one thing we lack is like some pretty – pretty good numbers to support some of our, some of our opinions. So I'm kind of looking at somebody in that direction. Colin Gutsburg sounds like a pretty, pretty good candidate. I'd probably go with Tim Sienko because, you know, I, I edit the pod and have him just lay down some beats. <laughs> he might, I, think, I think he, he's, he listens to it sometimes. I think maybe I'm wrong. Well, maybe, hopefully maybe he's I'm listening wrong. now. I, yeah, that'd be, yeah. I would need That'd somebody who like is pretty focused and would have to listen while I talk and let me know if what I'm saying is completely contradicting what I said earlier in the podcast. Because I'm pretty sure I just put Oregon in my playoff, and earlier in the podcast I was like, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if they lost to anybody. So like, I don't have my craft together at all. Um, so my answer would have to be like, yeah, no, 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 no. You can't. You can't do both of those. No. All right. Uh, all right. Yeah. Do you want to be our intern? Is that no? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do all three of those things for us? Yeah, I will. I will. I will for sure uh, come over to Ian's place and debone the rest of his rotisserie chicken. It was juicy. It was juicy. You with your hands or with a knife? With my hands. You got to get in there. Yeah, it's, it's honestly like the most animalistic thing I think I've ever done. You just get in there and rip it apart. Yeah, absolutely. Um, beast. What do you think your your best and worst take on this podcast to date has been? I might be coming up on my best take. I sent CJ Stroud for Heisman at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And that's still in play. That's still in play. If that becomes a reality, which I still don't think it actually will, but it's it's a possibility. Um and I mean I I I think the USF pick will be on my gravestone. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I think my my worst take was saying that I I was fairly confident what the offensive line was going to put out this year. <laughs> I knew it would be a step back, but I was far too optimistic about that, and that's what I am sometimes, just far too optimistic. But I'll take I'll take that offensive line as my worst one. Uh, my best one, I don't know if I have any exceptional ones that, that kind of stand out. Uh, I think you're uh, yeah. rough nose on the offensive line usually are, are honestly informative for me. Yeah, I think probably probably what's what's fun for me or what I think is good about this podcast is when I hit on Rutgers. Yeah, that's probably that's probably when my takes are best. Honestly, I'm trying to think of scorching takes I've had. I don't know. Maybe I thought pretty, like, pretty hot I was pretty snatty. I was pretty hot about Texas. Uh coming back after because I think we talked about it two weeks ago like going in in the Red River shootout and then they've just mm-hmm. absolutely choked their last two games that one sticks out to me as a recent bad one a good one like I picked Clemson to cover against Notre Dame last year I think or I think yeah, I picked us did. to cover but to lose I don't know no I think I definitely picked Clemson um, I don't know usually we try to burn the tapes yeah just burn the tapes yeah uh... 
I just usually edit it. I usually edit things. my bad takes out, actually, <laughs> retrospectively. That's so one of the things about uh, I think D's worst take on this podcast was making the uh, the introduction five minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> it's been cut down to thirty seconds. Yeah, actually yeah. less, I think. But like Jack Cohn, like after the bench has a short memory and leads us down the field. Like as a as a as a podcast, you got to be the same way. You know, exactly. it's, it's on to the next take always. Yep. Yep. All right. One final question for you, Danny. Fuck, Mary, kill the three members, the three hosts of this podcast. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I need to think about this one for a second. I think, uh, I think I might have to, uh, might have to marry Slevin. Um, I think he's, he's domestic, uh, great attitude, um, you know, would be, would be good to, uh, sit down and, and watch football with on Saturdays and Sundays and run the home. Um, <laughs> Maddie, think, Maddie's going to be pumped about that one. Yeah, I know. Sorry about that, Maddie. Um, <laughs> D you might be going down on you. 